The Bible Study Podcast, episode 483. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Proverbs with chapter 21. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We're going to jump into Proverbs 21 with 31 new Proverbs. In the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels toward all who please him. The interesting thing about this is it talks about an active God, a God who is at work, including at work in rulers and in authorities, the stream of water that he can direct in different directions. It talks about the sovereignty of God, basically, that God is working to work out his purposes, whether the king is for him or against him, God is working on him. A person may think their own ways are right, but the Lord weighs the heart. Don't we all mostly think that our ways are right? I mean, we know we do wrong sometimes, but we probably overestimate how much our politics are right, how much our beliefs are right, how much our actions are right. But it says we don't have the last word. God does. To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. This is one of those recurrent themes in the Bible, that God loves obedience more than sacrifice. And for us, that means that it's not just about going to church. It's not even just about listening to Bible study podcasts and reading the Bible regularly or praying regularly. It's what we do. Haughty eyes and a proud heart, the unplowed field of the wicked, produce sin. The unplowed field of the wicked, it's an interesting phrase. I get the impression here that haughty eyes and a proud heart are that that will lead to sin. That if we think too much of ourselves, if we're looking down on others because we don't see their value, that that is heading us in the wrong direction. The unplowed field, I get the feeling here that it's precursor to in some ways, to sin. When we think too much of ourselves, when we don't have empathy for others, and I see that quite often doing prison ministry, the biggest difference that I find is a lack of empathy, the lack of thinking of other people. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Proverbs, of course, always talking about working, but here it's also talking about planning, putting some thought into what you do before you do it. A fortune made by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a deadly snare. It's easy to cheat to get ahead, but this is saying it'll eventually come back and snare you. The violence of the wicked will drag them away, for they refuse to do what is right. The violence of the wicked will drag them away. I get the sense of them actually physically, literally being dragged away at some point because of their violence. But I think it's also talking about losing control. We lose control to violence. That's often what happens before violence is a lack of self-control. And because we refuse to do what is right, eventually losing control of the situation too, I think. The way of the guilty is devious, but the conduct of the innocent is upright. I am convinced that we are supposed to be the same person in private that we are in public. Right? That what we say to people in public should be the same thing we say in private that what we say we're going to do in public is the same as what we do in private, that there isn't that duplicity in us. And it's talking about that kind of devious duplicity within those who are guilty. Better to live on the corner of a roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Before you say amen, remember that also applies to quarrelsome husbands. The wicked crave evil. Their neighbors get no mercy from them. 
when we see people who actually crave evil, who don't just do evil accidentally, but actually long for it and are moving in that direction, I find it, well, evil, obviously, but I also find it sad. I find it tragic because that is not the way a life is intended to be built. And I and I could kind of see that cliff up ahead and you feel like you're yelling at the someone that, you know, stop, this road is out. But they're not listening. When a mocker is punished, the simple gain wisdom. By paying attention to the wise, they gain knowledge. This says that if we are paying attention, even those of us who are simple, when we see someone else get punished, when we see how someone else lives and what the consequences are, that we ought to be able to learn from that. It is much better to learn from the mistakes of others than to be the others. The righteous one takes note of the house of the wicked and brings the wicked to ruin. Now, righteous one here is all in caps in the version that I have. And so this is not necessarily talking about us, although an alternative translation is the righteous person, which would be anyone that we're basically instructed, if it's the second translation, to work towards the ruin of the wicked. Well, that's interesting. If it's the first one, it's saying that God is, God and his righteous one are working towards bringing the ruin of the wicked or the punishment of or the judgment of eventually. The first one is definitely true, the righteous one, all in caps. The other one is interesting. I think that'd be an interesting debate in terms of where are we supposed to stand up to the wicked? Absolutely. Or where are we supposed to work to their ruin? Whoever shuts their eyes to the ears of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. Saying, if you don't give mercy, you won't find mercy. What does the Lord's Prayer say? Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. There is that sense of what you do to others is what you should expect. That's one of the reasons why we say we should act to others the way we want them to act to us. A gift given in secret soothes anger, and a bribe concealed in the cloak pacifies great wrath. It's interesting. A bribe here is talked about in a positive term, a positive term not necessarily in terms of righteousness, but in terms of effectiveness. And But more importantly, the gift given in secret that soothes anger, that sometimes you can defuse a situation through giving actions. And, you know, whether that be a bribe, which isn't necessarily something I would encourage, or just being a, of a giving nature that we can diffuse angry situations when we are the first one to step forward. When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. I think about that verse previously about the righteous ones working to the ruin of evildoers, working to the ruin of the wicked. Here, what it says is when we help bring justice, when we speak out for those who need justice, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. It means that they too will eventually see justice, which is scary if you're on the wrong side of that. Whoever strays from the path of prudence comes to rest in the company of the dead. Again, one of those many, many verses here in Proverbs with the path, talking about the path of the way or the direction that we're heading leads someplace. And if we're not on the path of prudence, the path that says, I'm going to think about my actions before I do them, then you're probably on a road that's going someplace bad, in this case, to the company of the dead. 
get off that road, take a U-turn, get off the next exit, and proceed to the route. Whoever loves pleasure will become poor. Whoever loves wine and olive oil will never be rich. Rats. I do love wine, although I love cheap wine. Does that help at all? But I think you know what it's saying here. It's, it's talking about people who are eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we may die. That if you pursue pleasure, then it's going to be tough to accumulate things. And I think that's simply obvious. The wicked become a ransom for the righteous and the unfaithful for the upright. That one is not clear to me. Now, a ransom is something that you pay to get someone out of a situation. Obviously, kidnapping being the most obvious thing that we think about. But in these times, you'd pay to ransom, for instance, to ransom somebody out of poverty, uh, out of a debt that they owe, for instance. And saying the wicked become a ransom for the, uh, the righteous, you get the sense that they're paying, but the righteous are going free. And to benefit of the righteous, but not to the benefit of the wicked. So I'm taking this as one of those many, many verses here in Proverbs that's basically saying better to be righteous than wicked. Better to live in a desert than with a quarrelsome and nagging wife. Not only did we leave the roof of the corner of the house, but we actually moved out to the desert. And I think this is true, but I think that this points out how much we should think about the relationships we get into. And obviously, marriage being the number one thing that you ought to put a fair amount of thought into. We had a friend who told us, if you want to find out how selfish you are, get married. We won't fix it, but you'll have somebody who will be able to tell you how selfish you are. And too many people I know think that when they marry someone, they will change. And that may not be the case. So if you're finding somebody who is quarrelsome and nagging, Before you get married, they're probably going to be so after. But think about this with friendships. Think about this with marriage. Think about this with people you hire. That How is it going to be to live with this person, to to cooperate with this person? What does their character bring to the situation? And quarrelsome and nagging are not going to be the thing that you want to bring. The wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. What we'd say here in modern terms is that the fools have poor emotional IQ in the sense that they're not able to put off their satisfaction. You know the old study about the kids who are given a marshmallow and they're told if you can wait five minutes to eat the marshmallow, you'll get a second one. And that proves to be a better predictor of success in life than almost anything than anything else I know, better than IQ, better than a lot of other things. If you're able to put off the rewards to later. That's studying so you get ready for the test rather than going out and playing. That's working now when you need to so that you can do well in your job rather than going and goofing off. It's all of those things. And here it's saying, if you just gulp yours down, if you just can't put off those things, you're not being wise. Whoever pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. We were just talking about storing up riches, but here it's talking about a different kind of riches. Life, prosperity, and honor all sound like pretty wonderful things to have. And it's saying that if you want those, you pursue doing the right thing and love. Doing the right thing for others. There's an others part of this. And I think a mindset, a heart that is set on others is going to lead to the best possible life. One who is wise can go up against the city of the mighty and pull down the stronghold in which they trust. If God is with us, who can be against us or who can stand against us? 
Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Well, you know that to be true. You have probably done that, as I have, where you didn't think about what you're saying and you got yourself in trouble. The proud and arrogant person, mocker is his name, behaves with insolent fury. Proud and arrogant person, the person who is always trying to put people down, always trying to mock people. There is an anger in that. There's an anger that is dissatisfied. The craving of the sluggard will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. Yet, don't be lazy. All day long he craves for more, but the righteous give without sparing. That's an interesting but in there in the sense that all day long he craves for more. I think we're still talking about the sluggard here, but the righteous give without sparing. Doesn't seem like a related thought, but it is telling us something about the righteous. It's telling us that the righteous are you-oriented people. Righteous are giving people. The sacrifice of the wicked is detestable, but how much more so when brought with evil intent? So a sacrifice sounds like a good thing. So this is picture here that you're coming to church and you're bringing your offering. In this case, you'd be bringing your sacrificial animal. It's saying it's detestable because God wants obedience, not sacrifice. Remember from above. But how much more so when brought with evil intent? How much more so when you knowingly say, I'm bringing this to get what I want out of some situation? A false witness will perish, but a careful listener will testify successfully. Listen carefully. The wicked put up a bold front, but the upright give thought to their ways and think before you act. How many times are we going to say this in Proverbs? There is no wisdom, no insight, no plan that can succeed against the Lord. So don't try. Basically, God will win in the end. We know the end of the book. We know the end of the story. If you try and pursue another plan that is opposite to the designs and plans of God, you will fail you will fail, at least in the long run. The horse is made ready for the day of battle, but victory rests with the Lord, and he's going to win. With that, I pray that you'll find your victory in Christ this week. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hey there, it's Carly Mercoulier, host of Therapy and Theology, a weekly podcast that explores popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.